0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour Podcast. It's been a couple weeks since we last chatted, so we used this episode to get back in touch. We went, we all three of us had some pretty wild fishing adventures lately, so we went through all of them. We dive deep into the fishing that we did, and um, now we're all caught up, so I uh, hope you guys enjoy. But before we go any further, I want to tell you guys that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. I've personally trusted the Hercules TerraTrack AT2 and Power ST2 to get my truck and boat trailer to every event around the country safely for the past two years. These tires are long lasting, quiet on the road, and most importantly, incredibly reliable. If you're in the market for a new set of truck or trailer tires, head over to HerculesTires.com and see why these tires are such an incredible value. You can also find out more by following Hercules Tires on Facebook or Instagram at Hercules Tires.
1: You got assaulted, I got assaulted Nick? by an angry two-year-old. With what weapon? <laughs> His bare hands. I've, I always knew I wasn't very tough. And then... <laughs> my little honey badger two-year-old assaulted me in first class on an airplane coming home. Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) Have to throw in that you ride first class,
1: huh? My (laughs) lifestyle. Hey, if you'd been been camping in a third world country for 30 days, you'd fly home in first class too. You deserve a first
0: class ticket for sure. All right. So, uh, welcome back everybody to the English happy hour podcast. Uh, we're two weeks uh, two weeks from the last episode, so sorry guys, it's been another just absolutely wild uh, couple weeks for basically every single one of us, but but it's, I'm usually the guy to blame when we miss a week, and uh, I am again this week. I was at a tournament and um, just wasn't able to pull away and get it done, but um, these other guys have had a ton going on, so uh, before we get into the tournament, let's check and see what's going on with Rob and Nickman. What, uh, what's up with you, man? What's up with you, Rob?
2: Uh, quite a bit and we Boyd and I made a trip to uh, Tennessee to pick up a trailer for my boat. Um, as I talked on the last podcast, I'm completely revamping my boat. Um, I'm in the process right now of doing carpet since I've gotten home, uh, putting new seats in it and doing all that. But we drove, uh, in four days, we traveled from Arizona, uh, to Tennessee and back home and fish today, so that was uh, quite the trip. Uh, the trip out there was pretty pretty chill, but um, on the way home, we drove from Little Rock, Arkansas, all the way to Phoenix with a three-hour accident delay on the I-40, so we were in the truck for about 22 hours. So How many miles is a that,
0: about 1,000?
2: Yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, too many by the time you get home that's Uh, brutal yeah and after you had already been driving
0: for three days and fishing dude that's that's
2: rough but i mean i i it's rough for me i've done it once in the last 10 years i mean you do it every every year back and forth it's mind-boggling going through that i just can't imagine doing as much driving as you do um but to go back a little bit on the fishing trip uh, again, Josh came through. Um, every time I go somewhere, I'm like, Hey, who do I hire? He's like, I don't know. Let me make a couple calls. So he called what Justin Atkins, right?
0: Yeah. But Hey, I'm not coming through with anything. You're still paying for this stuff. If it was free, I'd be really coming through dude. but you're having to pay for this trip. So, it's.
2: but you're hooking me up with the right guys. Cause you called Justin and immediately he said, hire Ty Cox on Pickwick. So that's what we did. It was an awesome trip. Um, Fishing could have been better, but it was just one of those days. The current was low, but that dude knows his stuff. And it was, it was really cool to see, um, how they fish the ledges and how they, you know, crank all that stuff. And we caught some, a couple of nice fish and it was, it was definitely worth it. It was a lot of fun. So we boogied from there and went and grabbed the trailer and then hustled home. So
0: cool. I think, I think I want to save the, and you guys let me know what you think, but we'll save the actual fishing we'll go into the nitty-gritty on what you did fishing wise here in a little bit after we run through the uh intro but i want to ask you some more stuff about without giving up ty's secrets just on how you guys uh fished it it. out there and and more about the fishing day but that's cool man and and i will also want to talk about your boat and what you're doing to it man i think the listeners will be interested to hear what you've got going on with your boat so it's cool you've got yeah way more
2: Yeah, way more interested than what I had going on in my house for the last year almost. But <laughs> Rob, what's Rob, crazy about the yeah, what's crazy about the trailer, dude? It's like it's a 2020 trailer. My boat's a 2008, um, and my original trailer that I first had with that boat that I had for close to ten years completely rotted out from underneath. That it. it had tube trailer or tube channel trailer and guiding every day. It never had a chance to dry out. So that thing completely rotted out, uh, was absolute garbage. But my new trailer is exactly the same color. It's got fiberglass what? fenders, and it's, it matched. I mean, it's exact, it's 12 years later of the exact same color. So Did you get the boat wild. on it yet? Yeah, the boat's on it. I sent you a picture earlier of it. So, Good
0: friend. I am not even looking at that. I just sent it. You were (laughs) busy getting on here,
2: but, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So that's
0: cool. Heck yeah. yeah. Um, and then did you guys catch anything on your expedition to Roosevelt? There it is.
2: Yeah. We had a really good trip. Um, we caught some nice fish. It was a lot of fun. That place is, uh, absolutely going off. So what's
0: a nice fish, Rob?
2: Uh, I think Boyd caught a five and a half, um, caught a handful of four pounders. Wow, so, that's phenomenal. Yeah, it, was just, awesome. it was fun. Wow. It's, it's kind of cool because um, Boyd is really interested on like how to fish offshore stuff and the way I go about it. And we were actually, you're going to die laughing, but we were throwing buoys on points and like uh, working our way around them and showing them stuff on the graph and just how to fish that stuff, you know? I mean, he's awesome. fished a lot with me, but he's never really, uh, up until now had a ton of that a ton of interest on how exactly we were catching them, you know, so it was, uh, cool. yeah, it was a fun day. We found a bunch of new stuff, you know, new stuff for, for now with the lake level that it's at and just, uh, we were able to look on the maps on my graph and I'd be like, Ooh, let's check this spot out. And we'd go over there and we'd graph around and throw a buoy and then catch a couple of fish. So it's kind of cool.
0: Did you stay after dark? So no. what did you end up doing?
2: So we went up and uh, we fished. Dude, there was just a nasty storm, and I'm such a ding-dong. I parked my boat on the ramp. We got there, I don't know, 3.30 in the afternoon, and we looked at the radar, and there was this big old storm coming. And so we just kind of waited it out. There was lightning everywhere. We actually saw a fire across the lake start from a lightning strike.
0: No way. Uh,
2: and then it rained so much that it, it put it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. But I'm such a dummy. I parked on the ramp just to look at the lake the entire time, instead of turning around and putting my boat the right direction, it filled up with water. So I had That's great That's water great. everywhere. I had to, I pulled the plug <laughs> and got home, had to take everything out of the boat, which is fine. Cause I had to do that anyhow to do the carpet. And so,
1: Hilarious. Yeah. So you had it parked with the uh, bow facing the lake.
2: Yeah, we wanted to watch the lake, right? I mean, there's big old <laughs> gaps and nasty weather out there. We wanted to see all that. Of course, well, <laughs> the exact huh? same thing. Such a dummy, but yeah. So we did that. We fished, and then we fished till dark. Uh, we got a room up there, thank goodness, because it would have been a little rough sleeping on wet carpet on the boat. Um, got up at three o'clock, and we fished till nine. So short trip, but fun.
0: Nice. That's great, man. Did you get yeah. burritos on the way to and from?
2: We got burritos on the way, and then we went completely old school and went butcher hook for breakfast the next
0: day. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, that is very old school.
2: It was actually really <laughs> for good. Larry Hardy. Oh yeah. Yep. So. He was
0: smiling down. Yep. Awesome, dude. What a trip. Yep. That's cool. Uh, okay. So we'll talk more about Pickwick later, but uh, Nick, Everyone wants to know how how Mexico was. He he made it back alive, so he's sitting in his garage. And dude, actually, props to you because how hot is it in your garage right now?
1: Um, it's you know it isn't as bad today. When I was out running around a little while ago, it was only a hundred. It's a kind of humid day, but yep. uh, dude, I I just have a a war zone in my house right now. We're doing a quick turn and burn. We're on a plane tomorrow to Wyoming and uh it's just not quiet in there so i figured no one's gonna come bother me if i sit in the garage and hallucinate a little bit and sweat it out so but thanks for uh, joining yeah. us dude i know it's been a crazy
0: month and and what are you doing in wyoming you gonna visit your sister
1: yeah yeah so same place that we uh drove the old el majestico last september we're going to Casper where my sister lives and uh just going to finish it out. They have such small summer vacations in this school district that we're in that you basically get like five and a half weeks. So we're just going to run out the clock where it's not 110 degrees and out there, maybe do a little fishing. Um, and then, yeah. And then just be back and it's crazy to think, but another school year starts up and that's that. So. Wow. So start from the top in Mexico, man. We talked about your saltwater
0: trip. We talked about your right. saltwater trip, and then you were going to Bacharach, man. What, yeah. What happened down there?
1: Yeah. So um, Bacharach was, you know, Rob kind of hinted a little bit that, that pickwick maybe wasn't exactly like the stars didn't line up for a legendary day, and you still had a good time. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm not interpreting what you said exactly right there, Rob. But if I had, if no, that you is, don't. yeah, dude, that was Bacharach. You know, there's a reason why it was the off season. Uh, the back rack lodge was closed, and uh, I went with the same guy that I've become buddies with. That's based out of Sonora, and this is actually in the state of Sinaloa, so it's like south of there. And uh, you know, just the it was the transition from the end of the dry season going into the rainy season, and uh, the lake was at eight percent, dude, eight percent capacity. There was a, a cemetery that had been exposed and was now like fifty feet up the bank. That had only been out of the water one other time in the lake's history. or And it two was other 50 times. feet up, dude. Dude, it was up, like up there. There was a school building and everything. And so um, these are just a whole bunch of excuses to why I only caught three over 15. No, I didn't. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> struggled mightily, dude. We had two and a half uh, full, you know, two full days and a half day of fishing. And uh, it was good it's bass fishing in Mexico, right? Like it's, it's good. Like you catch them and they do the things that bass are supposed to do. And they make you feel like you're an accomplished, capable angler because they behave like you want them to. But in the context of like what baccarat should be, uh, we were just, we were just off, you know, the big fish of the trip was uh, probably, you know, we didn't, we did, we put a scale on one that was right under seven pounds. And it looked like it was, you know, about the biggest fish. So we didn't, we didn't even crawl over that, but we caught good numbers. my biggest fish was a five and a half. So I didn't even have a interesting. I could have went to Roosevelt apparently and fished with Rob off of buoys and caught a five and a half. I would have geez, I could have had warm water in a shower. Like man, that could have been could have been a different experience. I wish I would have known that but it was really cool, man. I, I you know me, I'm a weirdo and a nerd for adventure. And there was no shortage of adventure on that trip. We uh, we were, we were HQ was in Leon, Guanajuato. And uh, I, I got Josh all fired up here. I don't know how I'm capable of that, but I'll keep it going. And uh, it was an airplane ride from there to Los Mochis, Sinaloa. And then from there, homie Rafin picked us up in his truck with the boat in the uh, airport, like, Los Mochis is a small airport, so luckily it's not like, you know, Sky Harbor here in Phoenix or something. But it was still super cool to see a bass boat and a truck in the in the airport. Like I've been there a few area. times,
0: dude. It's pretty. It's pretty hilarious.
1: Yep, dude. It feels like Mad Max, doesn't it? Like, was it like windy and like dusty when you when you flown out of there? Oh no, not that airport. I'm saying I've had I've been picked up
0: with dudes driving trucks and bass boats. Man, I've never been to uh, that airport.
1: <laughs> Well, when you went to Salto, did you fly to Mazatlan?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I was thinking mochi. So you did Mazatlan was when. Okay. So it's, to it's gnarly looking at that airport, huh? Oh, dude. Like, yeah, it's a, it's desert next to the ocean. You know, it's a, it's a coastal city, but it's, it looks very much like Arizona, like central Arizona. Oh, cool. But where Bacharach is, it's rainforest. So like, then you drive. So from that airport, you have about a three hour drive up to the little tiny town that the reservoir is. Um, you know, it's it's called Baccarato, However, you say that without sounding super white, and that's next to Baccarat. And so it was just an adventure, man. Everything was fun. I saw a, a guy about my age with his wife or baby mama of about the same age, and then a, probably a six-month-old infant on a motorcycle going about forty-five miles an hour in between us and oncoming traffic for quite a while. And Yeah, just, it feels like you're, you're doing something different. And that part of it makes it pretty fun. (laughs) That you are.
2: (laughs) What, what, what were your accommodations at Backrack? where you, you said the lodge was closed?
1: They were closed and it was really nice. So there's a, uh, one of the fishing guides, um, in that area is, is buddies with my friend from Sonora, Rafine and uh they just had like a nice setup dude they had i don't know five or six rooms that uh, are kind of set up you know like just a fishing lodge man you got a nice shower and a couple of queen-size mattresses that are super nice and uh um it, it was really really nice the accommodations were great and uh that first day on the water um we only we got up on first light and uh a thunderstorm chased us off and it was like the first humdinger of the season And uh, I just don't have, you know, I've lived in a desert pretty much my whole life. And I haven't experienced what a rainstorm somewhere like that is capable of. And that first afternoon when it started raining, it came down and down and down. So much so that the next morning we were worried that we were going to have, you know, there's no ramp at this point. The lake's so low, you're just kind of like, you're just going for it. We were nervous that we weren't going to get on because the mud is next level but Dang, we did and dude. everything was fine yeah a little bit of a tense moment but sitting outside of that that room just watching it rain like life was good man you know and i think i told you guys one of uh like the highlight of the trip for me was is that i brought um a different um not family member but a uh, husband of a cousin so figure that one out but he had never fished in his life and I was like, this guy is what either going to be m- miserable, dude. Like he's going to hate his life for the next four days because there's nothing else to do. Like you're just going to, you know, sit your butt on the back seat of the boat in the sun for four days and be miserable, or you're going to dig it. And it was cool, man. He dug it. He he did great. He applied himself. He he grew and learned. And he caught about a four pounder and. That was fun, like I know everyone listening and you guys have experienced that, like taking a first time or fishing and then seeing the light come on in their eyes. And that was all, all of it was just, that was the reward of the trip for sure. Very cool. That's awesome. And then I got extraordinarily sick on the day we left and uh, had had a, a little bit of a rodeo with that on the way out. And uh, that was the exclamation mark on a pretty fun trip to Baccarat.
0: How long did it take you to recover? You were sick a for a while.
1: I was. Well, and then I got home and my family was sick. We, you know, Montezuma is still revenging people who, you know, <laughs> are willing to go down there and experience that. So that was a little bit of a sour note, but uh, otherwise, it was it was good, man. It was fun, and now we're back in the U.S. of A. and survived a huge travel day with the Conestoga wagon train of all of our furniture or all of our suitcases and luggage and poorly behaved toddlers. And here we are.
0: Good. No delays.
1: Uh, No. Yeah. You know, that was a blessing. We a lot of moving parts on that travel day. And other than the two and a half hour period, hanging out in customs, trying to get back into the United States because of lightning and Kids who take really long bathroom trips, we uh, we had an easy trip.
0: That's good. That's yeah. cool, dude. I've had a heck of a time flying lately. I I hate to keep keep complaining about it, but I uh, I ran into more delays and canceled flights and stuff on my way here. I'm praying that it's going to be smooth traveling home tomorrow. But I'm glad I'm glad it was smooth for you guys. And I I am never I better not say that because. I have to sometimes but and it can happen to any airline but man I've had such bad luck with American. I've had such bad luck with American. I, I'm I'm doing everything I can to avoid them the rest of the summer. What what were you <laughs> going to say, Rob?
2: Let's talk about the tournament, dude. Let, let's yeah. like yeah. you had a it's great had tournament fun. and um uh, when I talked to you on the phone, you sounded probably more bummed than I've heard you in a long time. So <laughs> seriously but you had a great tournament and i i just mean that because i said that just because i think you felt like you should have done a lot better and 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 you did really good so let's talk about that
0: yeah dude um you know tournament fishing's funny like uh some tournaments i so i ended up 20th out of 80 guys and uh some tournaments that's really good you know if you go down to florida and you finish 20th it's great it, for me, it was a tournament that I, I've done really well on the St. Lawrence River in the past. We've been there like four times, and um, I've had four great tournaments there. So this was the fifth time. We were coming a lot earlier than normal. Like, and when I say normal, just in the past, we'd always been here like later in the summer when the fish, there were at least some fish out deep. We were coming here in the smack dab middle of the spawn. So I knew coming in that all the experience I had on that body of water and all my previous places i fished, throw them out the window. I never even once made a cast deeper than 15 feet of water. Um, Mm. So it was a totally different tournament, but still I, I went out and practiced and I found basically almost basically the winning fish and um, had a great game plan and things went perfectly the first day The first period so 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 starting in practice knowing that the fish were going to be spawning i did a lot of of looking right um i spent a huge chunk of my practice on the trolling motor looking for beds using that flogger which we'll talk about looking for beds and in between i would fish a little bit but my main goal was just literally to find as many beds as possible and ideally areas that had lots of beds close together you know, even any type of tournament, any type of fishing, you know, finding lots of fish close together is a really big deal. But in, in major league fishing, when every fish over two pounds counts and the score tracker is just going ballistic, you need to have fish that are close together. So all throughout practice, I find a fair amount of fish, a good amount of, I've marked probably 200 beds and, I am in between the beds, I'm catching a pretty dang good throwing a little hair jig. Um, like good enough to where I'm like, man, maybe I shouldn't even mess with bed fishing. Maybe I should just throw this thing because I'm catching a fish every time I pick it up and throw it in between looking for the beds. But the very end of practice, I find the absolute mother load.
2: Am I breaking up guys? You're... You're breaking up a little bit. Yeah. But you're, that was the worst little bit there. So, well, hopefully (laughs) let's continue. You should be okay.
1: Right on. Yeah. Um, So so you found the the mother load there right at the end of practice. At the end of practice, uh dude, I found
0: the absolute mother load. I found an area that had probably 40 beds in it and uh, it was a small area. um, The size of like a football field. So I was excited about it. I start the the first morning there, and I have the best period I've ever had. I I don't know, dude. It might be the the <laughs> it might be the heaviest weight period anyone's ever had. I caught seventy two pounds in the first period. It's insane. Wow. It was insane. It was insane. I,
2: I've got Go a quick ahead. little a quick little thing I need to say about that. So I was talking. Boyd and I were on our way home when that tournament started. So we were sitting there watching it and listening to it in the truck the entire way, right? And I was talking to my buddy Les. Which, which is great. Like my phone goes off when you're catching them because between Alex and our whole group, friend sure. group is always like, so I was talking to Les on, on the phone and I'm like, I saw Josh had a camera in his boat because he's done very well at the St. Lawrence at the beginning of the tournament. Right. They put a guy cause they're predicting that you're going to do well.
0: They start and with the guys. And I, I told I'll we'll catch him.
2: Yeah. And I told Les, I said, I was nervous for Josh. He goes. You need to apologize to him because that's he's absolutely hammering him. So, <laughs> if that Hilarious. makes sense, I, funny. I, I was just nervous just because I wanted you to catch him when you had a Me camera. Too, you know man. what I'm saying? Yeah. Thanks, so. man.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. You know how that goes. It's added pressure and and the Absolutely, cameras, and, it is. And it's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting aspect because you don't because you have a camera, you don't lose your official. So you actually have three guys in your boat, and yeah. I was running like 50, 60 miles. So um, dude, adding that camera made me really nervous because it'll slow your boat down five miles an hour. Like Uh, what's very interesting with bass boats and it's almost across the board. When you have two guys in a bass boat, you see very little difference in speed from one to two. It might You might drop, say your boat runs 70 with one person and you throw a second guy in, it'll run 68. But you throw a camera guy in there, now your boat runs 62. All 69. his gear
2: and everything. Yeah, it's
0: it's amazing. Yeah, you're right. The camera itself and all the gear, like it it slows your boat down five plus miles an hour. So, I was worried that someone was going to get to this cluster before me. And, uh, dude, I'm pulling up, and uh, there's another guy, but he's like a hundred yards away. And I whip around. I'm like, oh, thank God! I whip and I get. I drive right into the center of him. Because I, you know, I don't want him to be Claim able to get it. in it at all. So I just drove right. right into the center of all of them. And every fish had a four, every bed had a four pounder on it. And every one of them <laughs> would bite without even having to hardly fish for him. I was just, That's insane. I, was, I had a little gulp minnow and our gulp grub. Uh, and I would pitch that thing in there and two thirds of the beds that the fish would just bite instantly. But so that was like the highlight. And that was the best part for me. After that, it became serious work, like. I had a great first period and a great first day. I started running around, fishing a bunch of more other stuff. The first day ended up with enough weight that I knew I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to really fish the next day to make the cut, but I had a legit chance to, to get first place in the group and move on to the championship. So I start out the next, the second day of competition, fishing hard, have a, a good first period, but, and I'm actually a little closer to first than I was at the beginning but still a little ways back Um, and things ended up going to where I ended up using the rest of the day to pre-fish. I think I was, I was in Wheeler's group and um, he had pulled away enough where it was like, man, I'm just going to burn up my fish and not catch him again. Very similar to Chickamauga. So, um, end up going out in the knockout round, which everything gets reset and here's where I went wrong. Um, a lot of those bed fish that i had found before there was a few new beds in the area and a lot of those fish were still there and i just thought they were kind of tapped out so i went looking for all fresh stuff and a lot of guys had kind of just kind of moved into that area in the areas around it and uh did really well in the knockout round on the stuff that i caught all my fish on the first day so it was very frustrating I, you know, I caught 72 pounds in the knockout round Had it, I mean, it was a decent day, but I finished 20th and, um, there were guys that made the finals off of the fish I found the first day. I just kind of gave up on them a little too quick. So it was a really, it was a really unique tournament. Like we'll probably never have another tournament like that again, honestly, where you have that many spawning smallmouth on that prolific of a fishery and in that technique was the main thing like everyone saw the flogger being used and, and if anyone didn't watch the tournament or for those that didn't watch it the flogger is like it's a device that looks like a traffic cone with a plexiglass bottom you stick it in the water and look through it and it's like wearing goggles you can see clear as day what's going on subsurface so it's very helpful when it's windy but even when it's calm it's amazing you'll be sitting there in over 12 feet of water and you'll see a big white Spawning dead and you'll think there's nothing there, but you, you look through that flogger and it just clarifies everything that much more. And you can see there's a four pounder laying there. And the reason they're hard to see is a lot of times they sit so still and, and you guys have seen it. How many times have you seen bass camouflage to their environment. And those smallmouth would be so light colored on their back because they were sitting in that white bed all day that you couldn't see them without the flogger. So it was very interesting. Um, and then it was almost, it was almost a solid bed fishing tournament. So it's, it it made it pretty interesting because a lot of folks really liked it they thought it was cool to see all that action and see all those fish. And a lot of people were like, uh, you've got your people that don't like bed fishing to begin with. And now you're doing it, looking through a device to see the fish even more (laughs) clearly, uh, people had some stuff to say, like, it was. What did you guys have to think about it?
2: I, I just enjoyed the social media comments. <laughs> it's like it's so ridiculous when stuff like that happens. But I, I don't know. You guys are catching them, weighing them, releasing them. They're going right back on the bed. Um, It'd be. Would you catch every fish if it was a five fish limit? No, probably not. But you you would take all the big ones off the beds if it was a five fish limit. So yeah, that's. I mean that's the difference in, in my eyes, um, you know. It's I don't know, small mouth on a bed. Like I know you've caught way more than I have just in that tournament. Probably more than I've caught in my lifetime. But what oh, a blast that had crazy. to be! Is insane. It's it's probably in the first period, you have probably caught more than I've caught. But yeah, I just just from the pure fishing aspect, like don't even talk about the tournament. Like you had to have just a ridiculously good time. So.
0: Yeah, that was it. Like it was kind of frustrating because like practice was a blast, but I was excited to get out and catch 'em. And the first day was a blast, but I'll tell you that last day, dude, Stressful. It just I mean, I was catching them, like it would be 10 minutes. There were times where I would go 10 minutes and catch 2 4 pounders in 10 minutes and drop. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like,
2: sanity. "Are you kidding me?"
0: I, I mean, it, it it was it was just the pace was so unbelievable. It.
2: So talk, yeah. talk, talk about the flogger. One of my buddies made a comment. If that was a team tournament, it would just be even more ridiculous because like one guy could run the flogger and one guy would fish. I mean, the, the uh, athleticism that you guys showed to be able to not only hold the flogger, but lay on the boat. I mean, you had to be like wiped out at the end of the day.
0: Uh, yeah. Athleticism. I'm the opposite of that, dude. I was absolutely worn out. Like it, it, it probably looked okay, but man, you're right. Just the up and down from, even from practice, right? Cause you're to look through that thing. You've got to lay down, kneel down or lay down on the boat deck. So every single light spot I saw in practice, which was a thousand times a day, I would quickly grab it and jump down, look through it and then jump back up get on the trolling motor over and over. So it was like doing a burpee a thousand times a day and then in the tournament we did it again so like the the, after those three days i was very sore it was pretty interesting it's definitely and you saw it like it was a young man's game this week because a lot of the younger guys had the floggers and were doing it And, and some of the older dudes that were like no i'm not doing that it was hard to compete but like i said this is a once in every 10 year deal like that's why it was such a if you i'm at lake champlain right now and if you went to went to any Lake Champlain June tournament, you would see a flogger in every guy's boat. If you look at all the the Toyota Series tournaments that have ever been here in June, you'll, floggers are a huge deal. But, dude, this was just such a, a, a highly publicized tournament that everyone saw it. So, like, all the good and bad of that flogger were exposed. Yeah. Um, but it's nothing new. Guys have been doing it for a long time. Uh, you know, I, a buddy of mine that I used to fish with, um, he, he would take a five gallon bucket, cut the bottom out and plexiglass it same thing before the flog was around. And we were doing that as a team 10, 15 years ago, and it was super effective in Arizona. So it's, it's nothing new. If you can't get a flogger right now, you can do that. But you know, now we're, we're on the tail end of the spawn, no matter where you live. And, um, but it's something to be ready for next year. Go ahead, Nick.
2: Oh, go ahead, Nick.
1: Yeah. So how much interacting, like once you used the flogger and you identified a fish that was on the bed, most of them were just aggressive enough that you could hop up and with your, you know, grab your rod and, and or did you have to interact with the bait through the flogger to get him to eat and then set the hook? Like, what was that dance like? So
0: <laughs> and through the week it got tougher, right? Because the fish were seeing more baits. Like the first uh-huh. morning I talked about how easy they were. You could blind cast them with gulp and catch them or max scent and catch them. But. Some fish and especially later, most fish, you would have to go to the bed, get right over it, put your trolling motor and anchor lock or spot lock, lay on the, on your belly with the flogger in your right hand and the rod in your left hand. Or actually you, you'd go to the bed, spot lock, pitch your bait out and try to present it properly. Then lay down with the flogger in your right hand and the bait in your left hand and then you would try to in in three to four mile an hour current, try to get your bait, <laughs> into the into bed uh-huh. and if it's not in the bed you have to stand up again because you can't recast you can't let go of your floggers so you have to stand up again recast try to get it right with it dropping a Big dropping current. it down 10 to 12 feet to a bed in the current get it in the right spot and if you're lucky enough to get it in the bed in the right spot then the the cat and mouse game begins of trying to get it to bite but yeah i mean without the flogger dude you're just you don't even know if your bait's in the bed And with Uh the flogger, uh you know where your bait's at. You know what that fish is doing and the fish bites it. You set the hook, you throw the flogger down behind you. You jump up to your feet and you fight the fish and try to get them. It was quite, quite the deal, dude. And you get any wind going, you know, spot lock's an amazing feature, but spot lock is only as, as good as it is. Right. And it, it, it keeps you within 10 feet of where you're going. And in normal conditions, it keeps you within a couple of feet. But when you get real waves and wind, now you're you, there might be a 10-foot buffer there where it, it really it becomes quite the challenge. And very frustrating. Did you have something, Rob?
2: Yeah, I, I had a little bone to pick with you. All the way home from Tennessee, Boyd and I were in tackle shops looking for the little trooper, and we couldn't find it.
0: I'm such a jackass. Yeah. So, and that's another one. I was calling it. Berkeley came out with a new uh Maxent bait, a uh, a Ned bait. It's an awesome little bait, but I was calling it a little Trooper in live for like the first.
2: It's hilarious. Period.
0: And that it's was called awesome, Little General. Mate. What an yeah. idiot! Yeah, they were probably it's coming not... unglued coming out when I was talking about it. They I like, think it's
2: awesome though. Oh, you it's, idiot. Like...
1: No, I, <laughs> that'll just be your color you the bird trying to be the little trooper of yeah, the general incredible be like a camo pattern or something
0: <laughs> that is funny yeah that was pretty rough man uh that was dumb on my part i realized it like halfway through the day but um it was fun like i said it was we may never see another flogging tournament on mlf again but like my favorite comment i was talking to alton jr and he had had a phenomenal first day and everyone knew he was flogging too and and the comments were just rolling in and the best comment was was a guy that said technology has just come too far what is next and uh i mean dude it's a traffic cone with a piece of glass it's like the opposite of technology it just pete you got to look at it if, if 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 from that guy from his perspective he's not looking Added it through our eyes like it's hard to, to take it out on alton or myself or jacob wheeler or someone that was doing it i mean dude the the rule in the turn the purpose of the tournament is to catch more fish than everyone else and catch more weight and why would you not if it's within the rules if and it's the fish are being released like rob said right back to the bed whether you catch them through a, a flogger or not why would you not do that it, it's it's, it was a no-brainer. It made us more successful. And as long as you're not hurting the fishery, I'm all about being more successful in your fishing. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's live scope or anything else. If it can make you, if if your success rate can be improved, dude, I'm not, I'm not above anything. <laughs> I'll do anything yeah. to catch a bass. Go ahead, Rob.
2: Another interesting thing about all the comments, a lot of people are like, they have $15,000 worth of electronics on the front of their boat and they're using a flogger. So that just gives you, tells you the perception that people have of the electronics. I mean, electronics do nothing for you other than waypoint, right? In that scenario, I mean, yeah, the trolling
0: motor was huge, but but you're right. As far as live scope was not being used right there no i mean they're so, bedfish
2: you're not going to see them dude, and, and you can't present your bait to them exactly it's so it's a good it's,
0: point people but will, it just and, it and, just
2: shows how people how people perceive the electronics they think they're a lot more precise than they actually are they're precise don't get me wrong in a certain situation you're not going to catch a, bet, a fish off a bed you're saying
0: from that yeah that's
2: my point yeah but, but but people's perception is that you can and that's what's mind-boggling to me you know yeah so. you're
0: right I mean you're <laughs> it's it's one of those things unless you're you've actually done it and tried it you just don't know so I, I get it I mean I get being a casual angler that and probably no one listened to this podcast but they see those electronics and they literally think we're just like Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack rolling up to the first tee with that driver you ever see that and he just says go <laughs> it just and that's probably how they see it Oh, so it's not that yeah 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 there's still a little skill involved in fishing um
2: yeah what a cool what a cool tournament and the amount of um time you got on tv was incredible so well thanks man it was
0: cool i shot over to champlain after that and i've I've been uh spending a little time pre-fishing for uh our next derby here that's coming up next month and headed home tomorrow but um I didn't want to glaze Explain over here. it. Go ahead.
2: Tell the people what you're doing there and how you're having to try to keep your boat dry. I think that's like people don't see that part and it's pretty Dude, amazing. I've
0: been pathetic over the last couple of days. And I told uh, Rob this before you jumped on, Nick, but I have literally been afraid of the rain, so deathly afraid of the rain over the last couple of days because I'm about to freaking leave my boat here for a month covered outside and if you have moisture in your boat and you leave a cover on it for a month you're gonna have mold everywhere Does
1: stuff grow if
0: something grow <laughs> science project yeah it's been raining non-stop not like heavily but just rain cells everywhere for the last two days so okay. i've been ping-ponging around mm-hmm. the lake like an absolute idiot a couple times i had to put it on the trailer cover it up for like an hour go back out go hide under a bridge run 10 miles that way, 10 miles this way, just trying to keep my boat dry. So in between that, I've been trying to just, uh, Champlain is one lake up here that I've got less experience than the other lakes and it's a massive body of water. It's just huge. So I'm trying to spend a couple extra days learning it um, to up my odds when we come back. I missed that, Nick.
1: Yeah. How's it looking? Like, is it looking good?
0: It looks good, though. It's it's pretty interesting. It's like 10 degrees warmer than St. Lawrence, even though they're only uh, two hours apart. So it's kind of funny how much of a difference that cold water coming out of Lake Ontario with all that current. It was barely over 60 and it's over 70 here already. So we'll have a good tournament when we come back. I know it's going to be good. But yeah, I've been a real... A real idiot out there the last couple days just trying to keep my boat dry i'm sure you know dude same thing if 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 someone sees me hiding under a bridge when it's just barely drizzling they think i'm an absolute wuss you know but uh it has (laughs) nothing to do with that yeah i'm not afraid to melt i just don't want my boat to get mold on it when i leave it sitting there um but hey i'm not (laughs) complaining fishing in new york for the last two weeks it's at this time of year, it, it doesn't, it literally doesn't get any better. So we've all been pretty lucky to go to pretty much prolific yeah. bass lakes all in the last month. And uh, there's nowhere I would have rather have been this month than uh, St. Lawrence. But before we run, run past that, Rob, what uh, dude? what were you guys doing at Pickwick, man? I, I went last year in June and, and the ledge bite was good, but you talked about how yeah. there wasn't a lot of current running. Um, what did you guys do to catch them with the lack of current?
2: Well, I I think we probably could have caught him a little better if we'd have slowed down. We, we kept trying to find glory because the day prior they caught, uh, on his trip the day before, they caught 30 fish and had like a, you know, five fish limit for 20 pounds. Uh-huh. Um, so I told him, let's just go do that. Let's, you know, he was asking, I mean, we probably could have drop shot it around and caught some more fish, but I wanted to see how he was, you know, throwing the 10xd and the dredger um, and you know we just did that we it was really weird the lack of current what it did was it, i think it just took our numbers down because we every spot we'd pull up to we'd catch one and as soon as you'd catch one i'd blow the school out of there because the current wasn't holding him any gotcha, that sp- makes specific sense. uh one spot we pulled up and caught two uh but we caught them exactly at the same time same
1: cast uh-huh. yeah
2: yeah, so I think the current would would just keep those fish in a position. I, I could be completely wrong, but, I mean, from what uh, Ty was saying, it would keep those fish. So,
1: so it spooks them, essentially? The lack I think of current so. They,
2: get, they just don't like it? It pulls them you off. you know,
1: too.
0: Like, they've, they've Took, all followed their the buddy, sp- and
1: they're yeah. like, where are
0: you going? And they follow so, him, and then he goes up into the boat, and instead uh-huh. of swimming right back to the shell bed they came off of, there's no current, so they're like, they might just wander off wherever and take 30 minutes with okay. the group. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, so that was the situation, but you know, we just had a fun time. Ty was a lot of fun. If, if anyone's in the Pickwick area you can you can find Ty Ty Cox on Facebook, he had an, another name for his, uh, his outfit. I can't remember that, but you could find him on there and get a trip. He, he lives literally right on the lake and you know, He's got to do a couple hundred trips a year there. So he's he's got it pretty well dialed in. And it was it was just a fun, a fun Rob, day isn't it for sure.
1: Isn't it great, dude, to like travel somewhere and like completely eliminate the learning curve and throw oh. someone a couple hundred bucks and just like step on their boat and have like a banner day. Yep. And then like have a beer and a nice dinner and be like, man, I'm just like an accomplished fisherman. I'm so good at what I do. <laughs> like, isn't that just like the pinnacle? <laughs> It's well, the best.
2: we didn't get the beer and a dinner, we got a drive and, a, <laughs> and more driving. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, I've done plenty of those too. I feel yeah. you on that.
2: But I was me no, totally,
0: the gas station. Yeah, we just finished up at Pickwick, yeah. found some schools,
1: yeah. got, <laughs> got on a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, luckily for them, we couldn't stay a few more days. You know, we had to, yes, you know, Triton ain't going to drive herself back to Phoenix. Yeah. Check us out on Instagram, EnglishHappyHour.com.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Hey,
2: yeah, guys it, it was a, a good, card? it was a good time and, and money well spent for sure. So
1: yeah, dude, like it's just, I don't know, like obviously it's, it's money, right? And it's a luxury to do that. But, and there's, there's no doubt. I think there's probably more respectability and doing it yourself, showing up and figuring it out without paying someone. But dude, at the end of the day, like, I don't know, like, I don't have as much time as I wish I created to do those things. So to just like sidestep everyone, everything, and like get on a bite with someone who's cool to hang out with, like, that's a really enjoyable time. Like, I think that's really cool.
2: Yep, for sure. I agree. That's great.
0: Did you guys do any long lining with your crankbaits or were you mainly just casting and burning? We did a
2: ton of long long lining. Um, We did that probably... Every spot we'd roll up to, um, trying to, we would either long line when we first got there, or we would long line before we left. Every spot we long lined them, so that's. I mean, I relate that to to like throwing an Alabama rig. It's a great way to catch them, but it's not a great way to like. It's just not that. I don't know. It's not as fun fishing that way as it would be. uh, I hear you. Just casting. So. Dude,
0: the the it, it's long and, um, well, yeah, literally. But uh, the ultimate there is when you get a school of fish so fired up, you can just absolutely train wreck them, cast after cast cranking. But, and yep. I guarantee you, if you guys would have, of course, you know, it is what it is, but like if you would have been out there at 6 p.m., you probably would have had that on those exact yes. spots, on the exact spots yep. you were fishing in the morning when they cranked that current yep. up. It was uh, it, it's it's a completely different dynamic,
2: but yeah, and he had he had an evening trip that you know when we got off the water and I'm sure they probably caught him better just because of the timing. You can't expect to go somewhere in a six-hour window and absolutely wreck him. You know, it's just.
1: So that's something that I really relate with too, dude is that it's like, it was kind of like this last experience for me. And, and then it's just like, you know, you go to a premier destination, you fish with like arguably the most in tuned angler in the area. You think it's like just a guarantee that you're going to have that 30 fish day with a 20 pound five fish limit. And like, you're going to be an Instagram hero. Then you show up and you just grind and like, I don't know man like that almost makes it more enjoyable for me i think that yep. element of it is like kind of what like i don't know this sounds like sappy and stupid but it kind of just makes like you know your love for fishing that much stronger because like when it's tougher then you appreciate when it's better
2: Yep. you know like, you have it's just, to have that
1: if, if it's not you know and then it's like i don't know i just play a video game or something right like it's just you know that that's the element of it that's real life
2: Yep, for sure. I agree. If it was always good, we would have been done with it a long time ago. So
1: yeah, exactly. And it's and then it's fun to uh, bust the the guide's balls a little bit and you know put the heat on him and be like, this is I don't know like. And
0: see, just, but that's what when you're a guide, that's the you will worst not do that when you're a guide. in the world, dude. Like, that's never why do that. you do it. That's what when when I'm guiding, don't. I anyone that does that in my boat, I hate them, dude.
2: Me too. Good.
1: Good,
0: good to know. Nick does it to all his guys <laughs>
1: Like I don't know, man. Like, sure, looked like on your social media accounts you were really catching them. So <laughs> I don't know. Is this like a is this like a shadow account from the Philippines? Is this fake? Uh, fake follow- i'm just kidding and i you know like there's a way to do it genuinely like as an asshole and then there's a way to be like we're having fun you know what uh, i'm saying like, i don't know nick
0: i don't know uh-huh. i think it's
1: just all as an asshole
0: basically dude
2: yeah
1: and then then what you're doing is you're just exposing the insecurities of the guide like josh and rob that's all it is we've just completely insecure that. yeah
0: well yeah yeah i guess that's what it is
1: that's dude, great I'm sweating like a prostitute in church You don't have much,
0: much longer, Nick. We've been going almost an hour. Um, Well, it was cool that we had, and and, and sorry if this has not been uh, interesting for the listeners, but we just literally haven't caught up ourselves. So we figured we'd do a catch-up episode, talk about our recent trips, and then once we get things rolling in a a more regular fashion again, we've got guests lined up to come (laughs) back. But, hey, we we hadn't talked ourselves. I've been busy at the tournament. Nick's been in Mexico. Rob's been in Tennessee. So it was an opportunity for us to catch up and talk fishing um, and, and the listeners are just have to hear it. So hopefully it was okay, but go ahead, Rob, what do you have, man?
2: I've got a side note. We uh um, our, our credit cards got hit for deer tags. So everybody oh. in our group, everyone in our group got a deer tag this year. So uh, come this fall, we'll have a lot of talking about deer hunting. So Awesome, hey, man. man. Good you know, units. Yeah, you know, we got very good units good times um i've been i've been saving up points to draw a late whitetail tag and i drew one um i just don't know what unit yet so i'm excited about it congrats heck yeah so boyd's got one
0: alex has one les has one
2: yes you got my wife actually has wife has one yeah but she won't hunt so she just helped me get my point my my tag (laughs) so we just put, I put in with her cause she's got a ton of points. So just kind of bucking the system a little bit, but it's all good.
0: That's cool. So it's all deer then. Do you have any elk hunting or did you put um, in for some elk or no?
2: You know, Alex and his wife both drew late tags, uh, late elk tags, but none of us, none of us other guys drew any elk tags this year. So. Okay.
1: Rob, this is probably a stupid question and I think I know the answer, but what's the benefit of the late whitetail hunt? Is that when the rut actually is here in Arizona? I can't remember. Why well, that's more desirable.
2: It's more desirable it's for for a handful of reasons. One, it's cooler for sure, the weather's cooler. Um two, the rut could start, could begin at that time. Usually okay. the white usually the whitetail rut is really strong in January. And this hunt the other good thing is is this hunt goes from I don't I don't know the exact starting date, but usually like the tenth, <clears> tenth <throat> or eleventh of December till the end of the year. So okay. you get you get a lot of time and you can like that time of year you're apt to get some bad weather. So uh, I had a late tag in 2015 and a snowstorm came in and I saw it coming in so instead of fighting that and messing with that we went home. And I came back the next, I don't know, like two or three days later on a you know sunny day and ended up killing a good buck. So cool. it's it just gives you time, it gives you flexibility, nice. um, and there's a potential of them, you know, wanting to start running. Uh, the bigger bucks start moving around a little bit more. Uh, so it's just I don't know. I enjoy that hunt a lot. So, but it's cool. not that's easy to draw. I mean, it takes years usually to draw it. So every once in a while you great. get lucky and draw it back to back. But so.
0: Can't wait to hear about it, man. It's going to be yeah. awesome. What's the, uh, so if we have a good monsoon season, what does that do for the deer, man? Does that, is that going to bode well for the uh, hunting everything. This fall? Really?
2: Yeah. And the area, the area that I drew, I mean, it's been getting pounded with, with rain, good monsoons already. So, um, it just, the more rain we get, the better off those animals are that more health, you know, they just get healthy. There's a lot of feed and a lot of water for them. So.
1: Man, that's the awesome. desert, isn't it? And like when you have water, things thrive and when you yep. don't, it's, man, yep. it's, it's a different thing altogether.
2: Yep. So hoping, hoping for a good wet, uh, July and August for sure. So it'd be great. That's,
0: that's good. And Nick tomorrow you're flying out, dude, you're flying. Uh, are you, where do you fly into to get to Casper?
1: Yeah. So you do a, a stopover in Denver and then Denver, you just hop on a little, a small airplane, and it's just right up the way—about a forty-five minute or an hour-long flight. And we should be good, man. I think we're all just a little bit on fumes. We ended our trip in Mexico with three kids, just just sick, man. They had stomach bugs for days, and like, it. Uh, I, I'm trying not to just like paint the picture of the apocalypse, but there were moments there where I was like, definitely, I, I have a few more wrinkles and a little bit less hair. And like it, the, one of the, like the climaxes there was both of my young, well, the, the youngest in the middle child got shots in the butt of like, God knows what kind of cocktails of antibiotics to, to bring them back. So when we flew home, it was a big old day of like, um, fireworks in the bathroom department for them, and, uh, dude. And that was two, three days ago. So we've just basically like emptied suitcases into the wa- laundry, you know, washing machine and then repacked them. So we're crossing our fingers for a smoother flight through uh, you know, there's no customs this time. Customs is always yeah. the, dude, that's the, that's the fun one. That's <clears throat> the unknown.
0: It's a whole nother factor to any. And when you got a whole family and all that stuff, dude, I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine, man.
1: Dude. I, I went through the regular custom line, sorry, with just my, my two year old and myself. And then, cause, there's this thing called global entry and it's like the shortcut. And if you're ahead of the curve, you can apply for it and it's kind of like months in advance and COVID jacked it. And so our little, our youngest doesn't have it, even though we applied for it. So dude, I navigated the like 700 person line, which is him and me and the stroller and like, he was like just losing it, dude. But at that point, like, what are you going to do? Right. It's like, he's just the soundtrack for everyone to listen to his yeah. like anger and defiance and, yeah, it was kind of cool. I kind of felt like uh, that that tiger uh, guy in Vegas who got eaten by his tiger like 15 years ago. It kind of felt like that. I feel like I was like training a small tiger. I was like Joe. I was like uh, Joe Exotic. What was his name? Yeah, you know, it's him.
0: From, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Hilarious. I was, was like
1: flamboyant and sexy Joe Exotic trying to tame a tiger through that and uh, I survived.
2: Nice, Gosh, man.
0: Yeah. Hopefully uh hopefully this next ride is much smoother than that, dude. That's
1: uh that's no is, fun, bro. Is the motorhome
2: feeling neglected?
1: That's a great question, and I would imagine it does. It probably stinks cuz the last time I went and checked on it, you know when something sits sealed up and closed for months on end, it smells really good. So it probably feels neglected and it probably smells like the bathroom at the guadalajara airport after both of my kids were done in there but you know there's that's a tough. part of me that wishes i was driving that i'm not gonna lie i just you know i put that cowboy hat on and i roll the window down and i just i don't know i just feel complete as a person with my family and that thing.
0: everyone liked that nick everyone liked the the cowboy hat rv
1: nick yes yeah, yeah, yeah. one you know maybe the best part of the mexico trip is i didn't shave for like 29 days And I learned a lot about myself and one of them is I don't have much facial hair and what does grow grows unattractively, but left untamed for 30 days actually grew it I kind of looked like you know when you watch like Western movies and there's always like the sad cavalry member who doesn't have an awesome beard, but he doesn't get to shave because he's like you know, it's the 1800s, don't have electricity. That was what I looked like. Like there was like a lot of hair in one area that was maybe an inch long and then no hair other areas. And then like <laughs> my sideburns exploded and like my hair grew weird cause like, I don't have any hair on my head but I have a lot on the sides. So by the end of that trip, like I went from being the only white person in a city that has millions of people to looking like the only white person who hasn't showered in a long time nor done anything and like i think it took me down on the like level of people paying attention to me and and that felt good in a way so but that's beard's good. all gone hey. i'm back to civilized nick
2: so we have photos
1: yeah i do have a photo and i'd love send to it. share it to you yeah. Yeah, it. check me out on tinder swipe to the right and i'll send it to you <laughs> so uh that's going terrible. way back
0: dude we were at a tournament at Table Rock like maybe 10 years ago with Nick. And uh, we had a, a, a buddy who he, he still works in the fishing industry. His name's Chip.
1: He's not and my buddy. He's mean to me. I don't like Chip. Yeah, Mitch listening. and I, I like had him. a buddy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs>
0: Chip, the first time he ever met Nick, like they had known each other for two minutes. And at yeah. the dinner table, he asked Nick if he was an, an Apache Indian seriously
1: yeah I'm, I'm very caucasian I'm Because so. his beard was
0: so it, patchy there's a hilarious. patchy here and
1: apache there and dude i'm telling you like you need to go watch <laughs> there's a movie called hostiles and it's one of the best movies ever made but christian bale is a, a general in the cavalry and he's like pat he's trying to retire and his final mission is he has to take these uh elderly native americans back to the from the reservation where they're going But dude, like there are people in his like cavalry regiment that grew a beard just like me. And like I felt it. I felt connected to like, you know, my showering was hmm, like, I don't know, like maybe envision like buying a 25 year old truck camper shell that has like the little plastic toilet (laughs) that like three drops of water comes out of. I was doing that like every 36 hours. And, and so I just, my hygiene suffered a little bit. And then my facial hair grew and I don't know, like it just, it felt good. It really did. Like, it felt like a cleanse. I feel like I've been reborn.
0: That's awesome. That sounds like someone that's been traveling fishing tournaments for a long time. That's kind of how I feel <laughs> after a long run of tournament fishing, dude. I'm pretty scratchy. You at right least now. keep
1: yourself looking good. You have your neck beard trimmed. Every now and then I'd glance at myself in the mirror. And I'd, I'd like pause and stare and be like, I recognize those eyes. Like those look like what's looked back to me in the mirror for 33 years, but the rest of the face looks tired and dirty and homeless. And it was good. I liked it. Nice.
2: Nice, nice to end on bad hygiene.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's perfect and, for our podcast.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: So I, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll call it good at that. But uh, as always, thanks everyone for listening and uh, we'll be back. Uh, hopefully next week with uh, more of a normal podcast but um, thanks for hanging in uh, we missed you last week and thanks again uh, as always for for tuning in every every episode that we have we'll talk to you all soon